Hello, everyone. Um, happy Mother's Day. I am, I am a little bit nervous to be up here, but I'm going um, to work through what I had. I had so many things that I wanted to say. And Paul gave me some wisdom, and he told me that speak what the Lord's speaking to you right now. Speak what, um, what he's doing in your life. And um, so that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I don't think it's any accident I ended up speaking on Mother's Day because what he is talking to me about right now is very much about mothering. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you something that I feel like the Holy Spirit kind of dumped in me the other day that I would say it is an um, encouragement and correction maybe at the same time. You know how God has this funny way of kind of moving us forward. And so anyway, I'm going to read it to you, and it's going to sound, okay. It started with, I was reading 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We have heard that so many times. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you what dumped into me. It's a little different. Okay. If I get my baby to sleep through the night, yet I have no love, I am nothing. If I manage to potty train a toddler over a weekend, but I have no love, I am nothing. If I cook organic meals from scratch, but have no love, I'm nothing. If I make all the Pinterest crafts, throw dream birthday parties, never ever have a pile of laundry on my couch, but I have no love, I am nothing. <laughs> if I raise the valedictorian, the president of the National Honor Society, the prom queen and the quarterback, and I have no love, I am nothing. If I homeschool my 14-year-old calculus and I have no love, I am nothing. And I have... I, <laughs> It is a trap on mothers, this burden that comes on us that we are what we do. And if we don't do it well enough, that there is this wave of shame. It takes about five seconds on the internet to see that everyone knows how to parent, but everyone yet feels some kind of shame or burden on um, oh, I would have done this different, or I, if I had, I just don't have it together, right? And it's a lie from the enemy. We need love, and, we, and where do we get that love? <laughs> it's from the Lord, okay? So we can read, we can read 1 Corinthians 13. We can see that, we can easily see the trap when it's talking about ministering to others, or the trap of finding of our, our identity, our meaning, our purpose in anything other than the Lord. You know, it's a trap. You could give uh, the best messages there are, but you're not, if you're not leaning into the Lord, if you're not filled with his love, it's nothing, right? Well, very much, it's, it's, it's um, the enemy wants to get us off track, I think, so much and get us into a work mindset as mothers, because there is work. I mean, no matter how spiritual and faith-filled I am, my kids want dinner. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't stop, and it, never, and, you know, and it keeps moving. And, but um, the Lord has been talking to me, how do I find rest? How do I find peace? How do I lean into him to be filled with love in the midst of, a, of the river that doesn't stop moving, the, our culture, right? And we're surrounded. I'm going to go there in a second. Okay. So what the Lord has been talking to me about in relation to that is that I am a warrior, whether I feel like a warrior or not. I'm changing our culture, whether I feel like it or not. I am necessary and on the front lines of the battle for this generation, whether I want to be or not, whether I just want to cook a good dinner and sleep through the night or whatever, it's not that small. We can feel small, we can feel invisible, we can feel like we have, oh, I wish I would have done this better or that. Um, but the bottom line is, um, 
that we, that we um, are warriors. I don't, so I felt like the Lord said, how do I war then, Lord? How is raising children doing battle? <laughs> it feels like a battle some days, but how, how is it spiritually making a difference? And I felt like that the Holy Spirit has encouraged me to stand firm. How many scriptures are there? How many scriptures are there about standing firm? Okay, it says in, you know, and it says in Psalms 33:11, but the plans of the Lord stand firm forever, the purposes through all generations. He is firm. His purposes are firm. Feels like everything around us is moving. So we need to lean into what is firm. I love Psalm uh, Okay, I'm, uh, I'm going to tell you about the river. I had a picture of that river. And if you've ever stood in a current and tried to hold on to someone else, how difficult that is when you don't have firm footing, when you don't have firm standing, and your kids are moving around you, you're trying to hold on to them. Because I was scared when we first, I'm not, I didn't grow up around the ocean. And having little children in the ocean was terrifying to me at first, having them pulled this way and that. But trying to maintain your footing and to be holding on to those around you, being a, a firm place for them, is a battle, and it is a challenge. And in Psalm um, 40, verse 2, he said, He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. And I feel like in our culture right now, there is muck, there is mire, there is endless things for our kids to get to get pulled into for us to get pulled into for us to sink down in because we're overwhelmed but finding that firm place is doing battle is doing battle and not giving way to the to the to the currents around us okay psalm 1025 i've been all up in the psalms lately i love it i love it when they pour their heart out that this terrible thing has happened to me, but yet I am standing and I am praising the Lord and the Lord sees, you know, sees me. And, and okay. But Psalm 1025, when the, the storm has swept by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand firm forever. Okay. And I was struck even in, um, <laughs> sorry, my my hands are shaky up here in a good, I'm a little nervous, but, in a, but also in a good way. I feel the Lord. I feel the Lord on recognizing that as mothers and as others who um, have others around us that are unanchored, that are floating about in this crazy river of our culture, whether that's other family members, your neighbors, your friend, your, your kids' friends, people that we need to, we need to be that to find that footing, lean into the Lord, and be a place where we can then reach out to those that are around us, fold them in. Even in um, Ephesians 6, where it talks about the armor of God, one of the things that really struck me, even though I've heard it a million times in my life, was about stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And I, I actually picture myself sometimes, when I, especially when I feel weak, leaning into Jesus Buckle, buckle that belt of truth around. He's whispering the truth in our ear, you know, that, that we can stand up firm. Okay. Okay. All right. So all this is to say, there's, there were so many different notes going this direction and this direction, but I wanted to keep it straightforward. And I wanted to pray for us as, as mothers, as people who are, um, some personalities more than others, we are affected by all the expectations, burdens, pressures, um, judgmental words of those around us. So you should have done this, or you better do this, or you're going to mess your kids up if you don't do this, right? That I want to break that off of us. I want to break that off of us, okay? Um, and I say none of the things that I'm saying to add any burdens, to add you should be standing firmer. No, 
No, that's the opposite of the heart of what I'm trying to say. Um, Because as mothers, I think we can be hardest on ourselves. Um, But I say this to encourage you that we're in a battle, whether we want to be or not. He's given us what we need, and what we need is him. That's it. Our works, our strength, our ability to have the right words, to do all the mothery things, absolutely perfect, is absolutely irrelevant. Okay. He is standing firm, and we can stand firm by leaning into him. Okay. So stand firm, even if you're just propped up against him. (laughs) Fight with your love. War with your peace. Speak the truth that he's whispering in your ear as you're leaning up against him out to the people around you and give no ground to the enemy in your sphere. That's our job as mothers. Okay, well, Lord, I just lift up the mothers in this room, those who um, are reaching out to their neighbors, to the people in their lives that you put in their sphere of influence. And Lord, I just pray you would help us you would help us to lean into you. We just break off any burden, shame, regrets, fears, doubts, judgment. In Jesus' name, we just command it to get out of here. Lord, your burden is easy. Your yoke is light. And we just stand up and just lean into you and we trust you. And Lord, I just pray that we would do war. We would make um, um, change in our world, through our peace, through our love, through our leaning into you. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. I got to follow that. Uh, all right, guys, have a good Sunday. <laughs> All right, you guys are getting a double dose of noble this morning, right? That was awesome. I think that's the first of many times we're going to be hearing from Heather, honestly. Um, But, uh, yeah. We do. It is true. We really do need spiritual mothers and fathers. Now, some of us natural mothers, you, you might be a nat- you might be the, the spiritual mother as well. I know my mom, and I just want to honor my mom this morning. Uh, she was both my, obviously, natural mother, but my, she was my spiritual mother too, and, and uh, she led me to the Lord when I was about eight years old, and even though I strayed, she didn't give up praying for me. And uh, the Lord actually told me one time about my mom, um, he said, he told me, Paul, you are where you are because your mom, she didn't give up praying for you. And uh, man, that just like broke my heart, just gratitude for my mom. You know, I would not be walking with the Lord. I would not be knowing the most important person in my life, Jesus, because my mom, she didn't give up even though, and uh, <laughs> Heather can t- attest to this because she saw me when I was coming back to the Lord. I was a mess. And um, even though, and, and this is an encouragement to you moms out there and dads, because my dad was praying for me too, to don't give up, no matter what it looks like in the, in the natural, don't give up praying for your kids. Don't let the enemy try to discourage you with the natural. The Lord is working in your kid's life, whether you see it or not, and he wants you to partner with him to see breakthrough, okay? So, thank you, Mom, if you're watching. I love you. And um, so, anyway, <laughs> I'm so glad Heather had a Mother's Day uh, message because I don't have one. <laughs> um, when I was asking the Lord uh, what he wanted me to be talking about, he's been, like, stirring this message in my heart, honestly, for about a month. And, um, and I, I really feel like this is on his heart this morning, and, and he really wants to encourage you guys in this area, and it has to do with staying connected, and um, staying connected to the body of Christ. And um, let's just pray real quick. Lord, we just thank you so much for your presence this morning. 
And Lord, I, I need you. And I just pray you just speak through me. I pray, Lord, that um, you just reveal your heart this morning. Holy Spirit, we just say keep coming. We know you're here. Keep coming. We want more of you in Jesus' name. All right, if you got your bibles, go ahead and turn to Deuteronomy 25, 17. And we're going to just kind of stay there, and we're going to be kind of going in and out of this section of Scripture here. So Deuteronomy 25, 17. All right. I'm going to start. Remember what Amalek did to you on the way when you came out of Egypt, how he confronted you on the way and attacked among you all the stragglers at your rear when you were tired and weary, and he did not fear God. So it shall come about when the Lord your God has given you rest from all your surrounding enemies in the land which the Lord your God has given you as an inheritance to possess, that you shall wipe out the mention of the name Amalek from under heaven. You must not forget. Okay? So you guys probably have read this scripture before, and um, I, I've been reading through the, the Old Testament for the past gosh, couple, no, it's been like six, seven months now, just slowly going through. And um, this, this scripture really popped out when I was reading it, and I felt like the Lord was saying uh, specifically, not just to our body, but to the general body of Christ, that we need to get connected to one another, and we need to stay there. And specifically, in this, in this scripture here, we're, we're reading about uh, this is Moses. He's recounting everything. This is before they enter into the promised land. And he's recounting all the history of what took place in the wilderness. And he's like reminding them about their, the instance of when they dealt with Amalek and the Amalekites. Amalekites? Amalekites. There you go. Thank you. And he's saying specifically, I think it's very important that he starts off this section and he ends all in this section. He says, remember... And then at the very end of it, he says, you must not forget. Now, and it's like, you know, Moses is giving them advice about, because Moses is right about to die, and they're right about to enter into the promised land. And he's saying, hey, it's like he's giving them like, you know, that old grandfatherly advice. Hey, remember what happened with Amalek. Don't forget, okay? Why do you think he said that? Why do you think he starts and, and stops, ends this section with, with the, those words? Because they forgot before, right? Because they're going to forget, right? <laughs> I know it's real obvious, but he's saying, hey, guys, remember this, because it's going to happen again. You're going to be tempted to do this again. Don't forget, okay? And I feel like that's what the Lord's saying to us this morning, too. Some of you guys are in different places with this scripture, or this kind of topic in your life about being connected to the body of Christ. But he's saying, remember what happened when the stragglers were like in the back and the Amalekites came in and they took them out, okay? This is important. We need to not forget it. We need to be alert about this because, and, and you guys know me by now, I, I hate talking about the punk, okay? But I feel like this morning, you know, scripture says for us not to, um, you know, be ignorant of his schemes, okay? And there's a scheme that has been going on, whatever, since the wilderness, but even more so within our culture right now about staying connected, about staying committed in relationship to the body. And we really need to, to shift that if we're going to really see the purposes of God take place within our country, within our community, we need to be committed to one another. The body of Christ needs to be connected, rightly connected together, because we need everybody. And you guys have heard me over and over again, it's going to be an all-hands-on-deck time coming, I'm telling you. We're going to need everybody, because this move of God that's coming is going to overwhelm our nets to the point of breaking, and we're going to need all hands on deck. And we need those hands to be connected to the body. And so, anyway, don't forget, 
Um, but we're going to go through this passage, I, and I really feel like there's specific things that I'm going to target here. First off, who does the enemy attack, and when does he attack, and why does he attack, and then how do we move forward? Okay, so we're going to kind of go through this. We're going to break this down a little bit here. So starting, in, uh, if you look back, we're going we're to kind of anchor in Deuteronomy 25 here. So who does he attack? So let's read Deuteronomy 25, 18. As you guys have your Bibles there, who does the enemy attack? Stragglers, weary and weak, stragglers, right? That's right. So he goes after. So obviously, and I know I'm kind of assuming a lot of things. This is a perfect picture, this scripture here, of the body of Christ. So Israel is a picture and a shadow of the body of Christ. And this picture here is uh, symbolizing that. So if you're thinking in terms of just Israelites, let's kind of put that superimpose us, the body here, Christians. Okay? So the enemy, he goes after those that are like... Hanging, they're like stragglers. They're separated from the main flock or herd or whatever you want to call it. Okay, in 1 Peter 5, 8, you guys have heard this before. Be alert and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a, a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Okay? So this is our enemy, okay? Now, I don't say this in fear of him, but I do say this in, in fear of the Lord of like, be alert. Don't be ignorant of the punk. He's sneaky. He's the father of lies. And he's going to try to take you out. He's going to try to disconnect you from the body of Christ because he knows when that happens. Just like if I cut off my arm, and you guys heard this nasty analogy before, and I threw it in the parking lot. This body will probably be all right, but that arm is going to shrivel up in a couple days. The same thing happens when we are separated from the body of Christ, when we are not committed in, in relationship with one another, consistently meeting together, breaking of bread, prayers, fellowship. We're going to end up like that arm in the parking lot, shriveled up, black, nasty, diseased, and I want to be as graphic about this as possible because I've seen so many of my brothers and sisters separate just body and get completely sidetracked in their life. And the enemy just has a heyday with them. So this is a very sobering and serious topic. And, and I, I want to be sober and serious about it because I love you guys. And I want to see God... God's purpose in your life established, and I want to see you guys walking in it. And I don't want to see the enemy, the punk, beating up on you. And, um, and the Lord doesn't either. He loves you guys as children. So, when the enemy attacks, now picture this. Peter talks about it here. He's like a lion. So, go back to like National Geographic or whatever nature channel, and remember... Like all of you guys have seen, has who's seen that? Like where, like the lion attacking the herds of gazelle. I mean, if yeah, what is the lion doing? Is he like kind of walking around, like in front of the whole herd or whatever, and and just kind of like, hey guys, I'm come here, I'm gonna take out one of you. Is he doing that? No, what's he doing? Yeah, he's sneaking around. He's hiding. He's camouflaging himself. You ever notice that? He's in that tall savanna-like grass, and it's like kind of like the same color of his fur and everything. And he's just hanging out there, and he's kind of hiding in there, and the camera's kind of like trying to find him, and you see like his eyeballs a little bit or something kind of hanging out. And he's just watching. And he's just watching. And what's he watching for? <laughs> he's watching for those stragglers, right? Those ones that are just kind of like not paying attention, like I don't know just slowly walking off from the, the group and, and, and uh, or whatever, you know. And then he's just like, and that's who, when he sees that, that gazelle or whatever, he's like, all right, this is easy picking right here. And he just, 
and you guys know you've seen the graphic <laughs> nature part. I remember when I was a kid, I was just I couldn't watch it. I was like, oh my gosh. But that's how he attacks. That's the reason why Peter talked about and compared him to a lion. Because first off, we gotta understand he's he's sneaky. Okay? He's not gonna boldly come up and be like, hey, Joel, Joel, I don't want you going to this church anymore because you're not supposed to be gone here. Ha, ha, ha. You know, he's not like, you know, in our face, blatantly like trying to get us separated from the body. He's hiding and he's waiting and he's trying to separate you first. Okay. So obviously here in uh, Hebrews 10, 24, if you got your Bibles, I'm going to read through a bunch of scriptures here. You don't have to turn there. You can just listen. We're encouraged to be consistent in our meeting together. This is huge, guys. Hebrews 10, 24 says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. All right. First off, I think this is awesome. He starts off saying, and let us consider how we may spur upon. Let's think about how, when we get together, how we can encourage one another. Now, this is an important distinction because a lot of times, and I'm telling you, the, a lot of the American church right now is like, okay, what can I get out of going to church or what can I get out of going to home group or what can I get from going to this conference? What can I get from myself? Instead of like, hmm, what can I give? What can I do to encourage and to spur on my brothers and sisters? Do you see the, 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 the difference there? It's huge. And that's why I'll be, I'll be honest, the American church right now, and I love them, the Lord loves the American church. I mean, gosh, we're part of it here. But they're immature in this capacity so much. And that's because of many reasons, and I'm not here to criticize the American church because we're part of it. <laughs> but we can grow and we can mature. So this is something that I encourage you guys even as we, as you guys go to home group, as you guys come to Sunday morning, as you guys have coffee or go grab lunch or whatever with somebody within the body of like, oh man, okay, before you go, what can I do to encourage or to spur on my brothers and sisters? I guarantee if you go at it with that attitude and with that perspective, you will receive all that God has for you. Because if you give, you will receive, press down, you will get more than you even thought. But if you go in there, like, what can I get? What can I do? You know, what for me with this like uh, self focus, you're just, you're actually stealing from yourself. Because guess what happens when you show up and, okay, let's just be honest, some church services are better than others. <laughs> some home groups are better than others. How many of you guys been to an awkward home group before? I'm raising my hand. <laughs> and I maybe didn't get everything that I thought I should get out of it. And the enemy came along and was like, man, why are you going to this thing? You're not getting anything out of this thing. You're just wasting your time. You ever heard that voice? Let's be honest, I've heard that voice over and over. Why do you keep doing this thing? It's a waste of your time. These people don't really like you. So-and-so didn't even look at you when you said hi to them. Have you ever heard that voice before? I'm gonna tell you right now, that's the enemy. That's not you, that's the enemy. Recognize that. He's trying to separate you from the herd. So. Hebrews 10, it's saying to consistently, okay, we, we did the first part, not giving up meeting together. Why did he say not giving up? Because <laughs> it's easy to do. He wouldn't have said, he would, if, he, if it wasn't easy, good, uh, easy to do, first of all, he probably wouldn't be, the Holy Spirit wouldn't have put that in scripture. And you know, second of all, he probably would have just been like, hey guys, keep hanging out, okay? No, it's saying don't give up meeting together because you're going to be tempted to give up. Stay connected, consistently meet together, and be connected in relationship, real relationship, 
not churchy relationship. We're just, that's why we have home groups. That's why you guys get together, hopefully outside of church and stuff like that. Because Sunday morning, we can only get so close. We can have, a, we are, we have just a, if you just come into church, I'm just be honest with you guys. Can I be honest with you guys this morning? If you're just coming to church and it's all your, that's your connection to the body, you have a very shallow connection and relationship to the body of Christ. It's impossible to have the level of relationship that God created us to have as his body in two hours, or for us, sometimes four hours. <laughs> if we are equipping time and stuff like that. Once a week, or some of us once a month, or every other month, or whatever, you guys come to church. You know? And, the only, and we're stealing from ourselves by doing this. So the Lord, he really, because, man, when I'm picturing, like, let's picture, God, what was your intent? What was your heart for the body of Christ? What did it look like? What did the relationships look like? You guys ever, uh, did you guys watch the um, Jesus Revolution movie? Has anybody watched that? That was an awesome movie. I mean, it was actually really good for a Christian movie. I was like, wow, that's good writing. Good. But anyway, there was, a, there was an aspect of that move of God that I think captured what God had intended for the body of Christ to look like. Now, did they do it perfect? No. But there is that, where we read in Acts 2 where they had all in common. Now, I'm not saying they like agreed with everybody and everything, but they stayed committed with one, one another in relationship based on, you know, not maybe necessarily agreeing on everything, but because they agreed on him and they wanted him and they wanted to see him preach to the world. So in, in that Jesus Revolution uh, movie, I just remember that, that community that, that was being built, that love for one another, that involvement in one another's lives. You had a bunch of different types of people, but they had one thing in common, and that was the only thing they needed, and that was the Lord. There's a lot of us here. You know, it's kind of funny. I think it's, you know, even with our leadership team, like Travis, myself, and Josh, and Lonnie, and and, you know, we're pretty different. But I love these guys. And I, man, I love their passion for the, for the man that I love more than anything else, Jesus. It, man, it inspires me. And we can have this one thing in common and still be good friends. You know what I mean? We can have, think differently about all kinds of topics. And there's a lot of them. <laughs> I'm kidding. Where's Lonnie? I couldn't find Lonnie. No. <laughs> but we can have this one thing, and, and we're not doing it perfect yet, you know? But, man, God wants to get us there, and he's getting us there. So anyways, I, think, I really believe this move of God that is coming is going to be very like the Jesus movement in that sense that we're going to actually love one another, and we're going to actually be involved with one another's lives, you know what I mean? We're actually going to talk to each other on the phone. We're actually going to have a relationship with one another outside of church. If you know what I mean by church. I mean like meetings and stuff. And I don't think it's going to be because there's persecution. Okay? I think it's going to be because it's going to be the Holy Spirit who brings unity. A move of his spirit. The spirit of unity. Now persecution does bring that unity, unfortunately. But like, let's not wait until like, you know, we're thrown into jail and sawed in two before we actually start loving each other. You know what I mean? Gosh. All right. Anyways. So we know we establish who does he attack? He attacks the stragglers. Okay. Now I'm going to read this scripture and we'll move on. Acts 2, 42 and 43. They were continually, what did I say? Wait, what did I just say? They were what? Continually. Now, Josh, he preached an awesome message on this. I can't remember what it was, but read, listen to the podcast. I almost said read the podcast. Oh, my gosh. All right. They were continually devoting, devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Okay. 
continually devoting ourselves to one another. Not continually just coming to Sunday morning service, but be continually devoting to one another in relationship with one another. There's this consistency that comes. Your level of relationship with, with somebody is really whatever your, your, your consistency with that person and, and interaction with that person is going to determine the level of relationship that you have with that person. You know what I'm saying? If you spend time with the Lord every single day, you get in his presence every single day, you're going to have such a stronger, more intimate, more personal, more interactive relationship with him than if you're spending once a month, once a week with him. The same thing is with us. If you guys talk with each other once a week on Sunday and it's about churchy stuff, man, your relationship's going to be super shallow. You're never going to get to know one another and you're never going to actually walk in the calling of God that you're called to walk into. So here's the deal. We need to have, to, we have to make a conscious decision to, to stay in relationship consistently with one another, we need to make it a high priority in our life. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to happen. Unless you make a conscious decision to do this, it's not going to take place. Because you know why? Because the enemy hates it, and he's going to be, he, he's consistently, and he's constantly trying to keep you from being connected. So if you just kind of go lackadaisically about, you know, I think I'm going to go to a home group. I'm just going to try it out, you know, go once a month, just kind of check it out, you know, see, see what I can get out of it, you know. If you go at it with that attitude, I'm going to guarantee you probably the first home group you're going to have is going to be terrible and awkward, and the enemy is going to come along full force on you be like, why are you here? Why? This is a waste of your time. These people don't even like you. It's so shallow here. They don't even talk about the deep things of God. That's the religious spirit talking. But if you go into it, I'm committing. God, well, okay, like let's back up here. I'm not saying like get connected to Morningstar, you know, here. I'm saying get connected to where God wants and calls you to be connected to. I don't care if it's Morningstar. We'd love to have you. Just get connected somewhere, but make that commitment. I am going to go here because God's called me to be here, whether hell or, hell or high water, right? Isn't that the same? I'm going to stay here even if the home group's awkward. I'm going to stay here even if, like, the enemy speaks to me every time I come Sunday morning. Man, these people don't like you. You don't fit here. You just don't belong here. You're out of place. If you heard those voices... I'd say about 90% of the time is the enemy. Now, the Holy Spirit might tell you, be like, you know, this isn't your place. <laughs> but he won't just leave you hanging. You'll say, this is your place. This isn't your place, but this is your place. All right. There's just too much. The enemy is, he's just like, he's after this, I'm telling you. All right, so when does the enemy attack? So let's go back to Deuteronomy 25, 18. So it says, how he confronted you on the way and attacked among you all the stragglers at your rear when you were tired and weary, and he did not fear God. So when does he attack? When you're tired and weary. He attacks not when you're strong, not when you're fully connected. He waits till you get tired. And weary. And just, man, I'm so busy. I just got so much stuff to do. I'm just driving my kids everywhere and all, everything they got to do. And, you know, that's important. I need to sow into my, my kids and I need to, you know, there's just so many things in our society right now that are pulling at us. And don't get me wrong. Man, sowing your kids is number, I mean, as family's number one in terms of after the Lord, obviously. But sowing your family, obviously, is number one. But here, here's the thing, too, though, that God's concept of family, 
I think is a little bit different than the American culture. His concept of family, he sees the body as family. You know, when you're in heaven and you're hanging out with folks, they're not all necessarily going to be your blood family, but they will be your eternal family. Your blood family might not necessarily be your eternal family, unfortunately. But your brother and sister in the Lord, they will be your family forever. That's scary for some of us, right? <laughs> so there's kind of like, we don't want to neglect our, our, our duty as, as parents and to our family and stuff like that, but let's not overtake it and get crazy with it where it, it actually like, uh, disrupts you being connected to your forever family. Does that make sense? So there's a balance there. Um, so yeah. So when you, he attacks those, let's get back to this. So when you're weary and when you're tired. So if you are, if you're feeling tired and weary and disconnected, let me encourage you this morning. Don't disengage don't run away. If anything, the, when you're watching, you know, I don't know about you guys, but when, I'm, when I was watching, like when I watch those nature channel stuff and over in the lions, like waiting already, and there's like the little gazelle just kind of wandering away from the, you're just, I'm like kind of like in my heart or I'm yelling at you, come on, don't be an idiot, run into the big part of the herd. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the same thing that we need to be doing. If you're feeling weary and tired because because life can do that to you i mean gosh it happens to me all the time run into the herd if you're feeling that run into relationship when you're doing that get in the middle of what's going on in the body of christ and i'm not just talking about just going to all churchy activities i'm talking about get in relationship run into relationship don't wait for the pastor to give you a call like hey I haven't seen you at church in a while. <laughs> no, let me just honestly, that's as awkward for us as it is for you. <laughs> and you know, obviously we do that because we love you guys. And, um, and I hope somebody would do that to me too, you know? But why, why wait? Why like isolate and separate ourselves when Man, when you're tired and weary, when you can be easily taken out by the enemy. All right. But that is one of his schemes. So if you're like, uh, if you're in the, in the body and you're, you know, part of the, you're a gazelle and you're in the, the, the big <laughs> herd of the, you know, the enemy, his, his, aim is to get you separated from the body and one of the things that he does is he tries to get you tired and tries to get you weary you know we read in, in uh i think it was daniel 7 what's really talking about the antichrist but it's, it's the enemy through the antichrist where it says that he wears out the saints you guys remember that scripture the enemy is going to try to wear you out through all kinds of stuff and a lot of it's good stuff but they're not necessarily like what God wants you to be doing right now. And, and what Heather was even sharing this morning, I thought was awesome. It's like, man, there's so many good things for us to be doing for our kids right now. Man, there's tons of them. There's so many invitations. Hey, why don't you have your kids come out of this pool party? Then you go to this, you know, whatever, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. And it's like just... If we did every single one of them, we would, I mean, I'm already kind of tired sometimes, but like, I would just be like worthless. <laughs> and some of these things, all these things are good, you know, and uh, to do, but, but sometimes those things aren't necessarily God. So we only, we only really want to be doing what the Lord's telling us to be doing during that time. That's why it's important to be praying about these other things, making priority of certain things in your life and then praying about all the others. Because the enemy's going to try to wear you out. And he's sneaky about it. He does it through good things. And I don't have, a, I don't have, a, I don't, just don't have time to list all the things that the enemy does to try to separate us from, the, from like, you know, the body, all the tricks and whatever. But specifically, there's two top ones 
that I just feel like we just need to reiterate right now. And you guys know them already probably, but this is remember time, okay? Remember. Number one, getting offended. It's number one. The enemy will do everything he can to get you offended with people around you that you're supposed to be connected to. If you're not supposed to be connected to them, <laughs> he'd probably leave you alone. <laughs> but you ever notice that? I don't know about you, in my life, the people that I'm supposed to be walking with in relationship alongside in my walk with the Lord, the, Lord will, the enemy will constantly try to offend me, throw stuff at me to try to offend me or get me offended at them. So that's number one. Do not get offended. Be a, what is it? What's the word? Unoffendable. Thank you. Yeah, I got quiet here. Yeah, we all deal with this. Let's just be real. We all get offended. You might get offended of me today just talking here. <laughs> Don't get offended. And if you are offended, repent. It's really easy. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I, I, gosh, why didn't I recognize that was the enemy in there? Because here's the deal. The enemy will trick you into thinking that his thoughts are your thoughts. And he'll say stuff like, you know, I don't know. Let me just try to think what he does to me. He's like, you know, when that person did that to you, this is what they really meant. That's not you. That's the enemy. Now, you might dwell on it and start, like, you know, adding your imagination to it and goes all who knows where it goes. And then you have some sort of conspiracy theory about this person that you're offended with. And most of it's all lies. But that's just, that's, it's easy to put into it. Just repent and forgive that person. If they did something against you, forgive them. Forgive as Christ forgave you. How many times has Christ forgiven me? My gosh. Every day, constantly, he's forgiving me of all kinds of stuff. Do the same to those around you. Give them the same grace that you received from Jesus. Give it to them. So that's number one. I'm telling you, if you're separated from the body right now, I encourage you, ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart and to see if there's offense in it. Did you hear that? If you are separated from the body, if you're not connected, and I'm not talking about churchy, I'm, I'm talking about actually committed to relationship with one another. If you're not, this morning, if you're not, ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, am I offended with anybody? Show me if I am. If you're not, cool. But I'm going to step out here. I'm going to say about 50% of the time, you're offended at somebody. And guess what? That offense is actually hurting your relationship with the Lord which is the most important thing that you have. So let's get it out of the way. <laughs> All right. Number two, busyness. The enemy will try, and we talked about this a little bit, the enemy will try to wear you out with busyness. Doing good things, but too many of them and the things that the Lord maybe didn't ask you to do. Let's be disciplined in what we put our stuff, our hands to. Let's ask the Lord about, hey, there's... I believe there's kind of some like things that aren't just, you don't compromise about. Obviously, your time with the Lord is number one. Number one, don't compromise that time. Because if you're not doing that, all the other things, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Don't compromise your time with the Lord. Number two, don't compromise your time with your family. And number three, don't compromise your time with the body that you are supposed to be connected with. Don't do it. All the other things, pray about it. Now, obviously, if you have jobs, <laughs> that's important. You should, you should have been praying about your job and you're doing what you know, you're supposed to be doing. This isn't, <laughs> yeah, don't take this message. It's like, Paul said I could quit my job because I don't want to, you know. No. You guys know what I'm saying, right? I'm talking about all the, like, extracurricular activities. Pray about it. Lord, am I supposed to be doing, is this a good idea? Okay, cool. Let's do it. You know, or whatever he tells you to do. All right. 
So why does he attack? Um, let's wrap this thing up here. The Amalekites, they attacked the Israelites as they were on their way to take hold of the promise of God for their lives. That's why the enemy is attacking your life. That's why he's attacking that specific area for you to get disconnected from the body. He's trying to wear you out so that you get disconnected from the body, so you get disconnected from the promise. Because you, the promise of God, the purpose and the plan of God on your life is going to bring devastation to the enemy's kingdom. And this is why he's doing it. He's like, man, if I just get them separated from by, this is easy. They're not going to do anything. If I just get them separated from the people that they're called, that their purpose is actually intertwined with and interdependent with, if I get them disconnected from them, those people, this is easy. I'm going to keep on ruling in the people, people's lives that they were supposed to influence. Did you hear that? You're called to influence people's lives with the gospel of Jesus Christ and walk in your calling. But that calling is interdependent with the body. You can't live in the parking lot apart from the body. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. All right. So he attacks that. And here's the other thing. This is the kicker. Acts 2, 43, we talked about this. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. He doesn't want that. So if he knows, because remember, 42 is contingent on 43. Verse 42 says that they gathered together continually, right? And the result was 43, that great signs and wonders were performed. So if he can take out 42, verse 42, then 43 will be taken out. Does that make sense? So he goes after it. Because he doesn't want to see people healed here in Wilmington. He doesn't want to see people delivered. He doesn't want to see people saved. He doesn't want to see the blessing of God, the provision of God here in Wilmington. All right, so how, um, so I just want, I, I want to talk about this. I mean, because an example of this is, um, just a practical example of this. A, a buddy of mine, um, that a Christian, this is many years ago now. Um, it's an awesome guy, man of God, loved the Lord, was discipling people. Um, I mean, if you had told me then what I would happen to him now, I'd be like, it's impossible, impossible. This guy knows the Lord. He's been walking with him for years. He's discipling people. We would even go out sometimes. We'd see God do miraculous things here in Wilmington. And I've told you guys some of these stories. People healed on the spot, words of knowledge, and CVSs, and all kinds of stuff. He saw the power of God. Like, not just in church, like out, you know, and about. And um, he got a job that he felt like the end of the Lord was leading him to take. And, um, and I thought so too, honestly. And, but slowly, he, got, he began to get tired and weary. The, the job was a, it was a tough job. And began to wear him out physically, emotionally, spiritually. And he, and he stopped coming to home group. And he stopped coming to church on Sundays. And sometimes he had to work on Sundays, which, you know, whatever. And I remember telling him, like at the very beginning, I was like, man, hey. Uh, that's cool. You can't come to church on Sunday, but man, don't get disconnected from us. Just at least come to home group. Come to something continually. And he's like, yeah, yeah, definitely, man. You know, I know it's important. I, I mean, he knows this truth. He knew this truth. This isn't like some like immature believer, brand new believer. And um, and that, but that's what happened. He started coming once in a while. He come to home group, whatever. And he'd get filled up at home group. You know, he'd get encouraged. He'd get, like, words from the Lord and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and then, but slowly, more and more, I'd see him less and less and less and less to the point where he, he, 
actually he, he I remember the call like he called called me and and wanted to talk and I uh, came over the house and we were just talking and I just check in and see how things were going with them and he starts asking me all these weird questions like about um, other faiths and about like Islam and all this other craziness and I was like what in the world I was like, man, what's going on? You know, he's like, well, I'm just, I'm just struggling. I'm just doubting with some stuff, and da, 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 da. and um, and I was, and I just was like, and I knew it was the Holy Spirit, and I just began to recount all the times that me and him together we saw the Lord show up, where we could not deny that Jesus Christ was King and Lord and Savior, where people were miraculously healed, where I mean, just crazy stuff. And he would just, you know what he told me? It's like, man, I forgot about that. I forgot about all those times. I was like, what? How could you forget? And I don't blame him. You know, it's the enemy. And, um, and I tried to encourage him, man, get reconnected. Keep hanging out, man. We, you need it. Especially now when you're tired. He's like, man, I'm just so tired. I'm, I'm so weary. You know, I don't know what the words he said, but, you know, but along those same lines and and um next next thing i get is his wife giving me a call saying that he that he left her and um it was a mess and basically walked away from the lord now he didn't start out there i'm telling you he was a strong man of god but the enemy he's patient and he's sneaky he's hanging out camouflaged he's hiding himself waiting trying to wear the saints down to get them separated to slowly get them separated it's not like boom get out of the body you know it's like not overnight kind of thing sometimes it does happen when you get offended but we don't go there but usually it's a slow you know progression stepping away from the herd stepping away from the body Man, I'm tired. I go to so much church stuff. I'm so sick of church. <laughs> I got church for church, you know. <laughs> My church has got church. No, but like, uh, don't let the enemy like pull you away slowly like he did, my friend. And, um, and I'm praying for him to this day that he, and I'm confident he will come back to the Lord. But, um, but the enemy took him out, and it was like literally his life looked like a gazelle getting torn up by the lion. It was that graphic. Actually, it was worse because there were other people involved. It was, it was rough. And, um, and I'm not saying, hopefully you guys hear me on this, I'm not saying this out of fear. We don't need to fear the enemy. I'm going to tell you that right now. He's a punk. He was defeated 2,000 years ago at the cross of Jesus Christ. Colossians says that it made a public spectacle of him in his kingdom, defeating him. And that authority, all authority in heaven and earth had been given to Jesus Christ, our King, our Lord, and our Savior, and is now being delegated to us. So we don't need to be afraid of him, but we can't be ignorant of his schemes. Do you see the difference? So don't be afraid of the punk. But take serious this truth of being staying connected to the body, having staying power. We've talked about it. Travis had an awesome message, I don't know, a couple months ago or something about staying power, wasn't it? I encourage you guys to listen to it. We need staying power. We need to stay connected to the body, especially right now. Especially right now. I don't know about you guys, at the end of the school year is when you get tired and weary a lot of times. Because <laughs> all this activity, everything's wrapping up and all this stuff. Don't disconnect from the body. Even if your feelings are telling you, man, I'm so tired, I'm so weary. You know how many times, I'm just to be honest with you, like I've been doing home group for a, a long time now. And you know how many times like leading a home group, I've been like, man, I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm weary. Lord, do we have to have a home group tonight? <laughs> Not, and that has nothing to do against the people coming there. It's just because I was so tired. I was feeling tired. I love the people who come to our home group. But I was just feeling tired and weary and run down. And then we end up having home group. And at the end of it, I'm like, man, that was so life-giving. I needed home group. So the enemy was actually trying to like trick me into thinking 
You know what I mean? You going to something of getting connected to the body is going to wear you out. It's going to drain you even more. When actually the fact is it's going to give you life. Just like my hand is getting life from my heart, being pumping blood to my hand. If you're disconnected from it, you're not going to get life. So don't listen to the punk. All right. Gosh. I, I, I feel like... Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff to go through with this, but we need to wrap this thing up. And and I would encourage you guys. So so hear my heart on that. This isn't like, hey, let's be scared of the enemy. We better go to church on Sunday, or you know, the, tomorrow the enemy's gonna get me. You know, <laughs> let's be real. We don't have to be afraid like that. Okay. And there's no condemnation either. Don't let the enemy bring condemnation on you because of this message. We don't go to church out of religiosity. We go to church, we get connected to the body because we love him. Do you see the difference? Out of our love for him. You know, Jesus, he loves his bride. He is madly in love with his bride. You ever seen a groom see his bride coming down the aisle just like beaming? I'm like, wow, I love this woman. When I saw Heather coming down the, the, you know, when we got married down the aisle, whatever, I just had this overwhelming sense of, man, I love this woman. You know, Jesus has the same love for the bride, for the body. And if we love him, we're going to love what he loves. And he loves his bride. He's madly in love with his bride. He laid down his life so much. That's how much he loved the bride. So are we laying down our life for one another in relationship out of love for him? So anyway, I just want to encourage you guys this morning. Let's get connected. If you feel like whatever, if you feel like here, I'll just be honest, like practical. If you feel like you're, you're supposed to be connected here to our body, man, get plugged into a home group. If the Lord is telling you, yeah, Morningstar Wilmington, that's where you're supposed to get plugged in. Man, get, get, in, get involved with the home group. Come consistently on Sunday morning. Continually come together with one another. When the Holy Spirit brings up somebody in your mind throughout the week, call that person. Text them. Shoot them a little text. Hey, thinking of you. Everything going all right? I'm telling you, that's the Holy Spirit. He is trying to facilitate relationship with one another. He's doing it. He wants us to be in good relationship with one another. So he's going to help us along the way. So we're a prophetic church. You guys have been through our prophetic training. You guys know that's one way to recognize the Holy Spirit. Oh, why am I thinking about this person? I haven't thought about that person. Duh, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you. <laughs> Pick up the phone, shoot a text, or ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to tell this person? Or what are you doing with this person? Okay, so that's real practical stuff. If you're not supposed to be called here to Wilmington Morningstar, man, spend some time asking the Lord where you're supposed to get connected and get connected there. Okay? There's tons of really good churches here in Wilmington. There really is. And some of them aren't that great, but you might be called to be there. I'm being honest with you. Because you're supposed to help make it great. You're supposed to help get that bride clean from spot and wrinkle. Does that make sense? All right, cool. Well, let's pray, and then you guys, I'll let you guys do your Mother's Day deal. Father, we just love you so much. We just thank you so much that, um, I just thank you so much for our body. I thank you so much that for the privilege of just knowing these awesome people that are totally different from us, but that we have you in common, and that's all that matters. And I just pray, Father, right now that you would just help us to identify if we're disconnected from the body, Lord, how to get connected, who to get connected to, where to get connected to. And Lord, I'm just praying right now, Holy Spirit, just search our hearts. If there's any offense, anything that is causing us to separate from relationship, I pray you just reveal it to us. If there's any hurt, if there's any unhealed wounds, and I feel like there's something going on right there. I just felt the Lord on that. I just encourage you right now. I see the Lord. He's just healing people of, of times of being bitten. You know, they'd say like sheep bite, right? 
there have been some things that, that has happened to some of you guys in here that, that weren't right, that were wrong. They were sin- you were sinned against, and it was from a brother and a sister. And I just feel like the Holy Spirit, he just wants to heal that area right now. So if that's you right now this morning, I just encourage you just to lift that, that incident, that memory to the Lord. And just say, Holy Spirit, come heal, heal this part of my heart. And I forgive that person right now in Jesus' name. So, Lord, we just pray that we would begin to experience more and more koinonia fellowship, that time where you are literally in our midst, Lord, not only just in spirit, but, Lord, we can actually sense and feel and see you in our midst, Lord, because we want you. We love you. Give us a heart for our brothers and sisters. Help us to be connected, Lord, like that net that you were showing us that would strengthen our relationships, strengthen our nets, that, Lord, we would be ready for the catch that you're bringing, Lord. So, Holy Spirit, I just invite you to just to come help facilitate just healthy relationship within our body and within the body of Christ in general. Lord, in America even, Lord, grow us up. Help people to be consistent. Help people have staying power by your Holy Spirit, even in difficult situations, even when, especially when they're tired and weary. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.